Hello and welcome to Change My Mind, a controversial podcast. I almost forgot the name of my podcast there. Um, this is your host, Kirsty Hawks. <laughs> and I'm here today with my friend, Charlotte. Um, Hello. I've known her since, how many years is it now? I think it's it's coming up to four, I think. Four years, mad. So we went to quite a few, like, um, what they call like politics shows. like mm, Yeah, yeah. political events. Yeah, exactly. And that's what got me on to this. But anyways, I'll let Charlotte introduce herself. Hi, uh, I'm Charlotte. I'm a politics and international student uh, currently studying. I can say where I'm studying, can't yeah. I? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'm that popular enough. <laughs> um, I'm studying at uh, Exeter. Um, and yeah, I got into politics because of our A-level subject, which is where me and Kirsty met mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to do law but I'm actually very glad that I ended up doing politics it's quite fun isn't it I study it too I don't think I've ever said that I mm. study politics and international relations with journalism hence why I'm yeah. doing the podcast you love <laughs> introducing yeah. everyone else but yourself but myself <laughs> they're never going to know my true identity <laughs> but yeah so today's topic that we've decided is it's the heavy hitter episode. Um, mm. So we thought I actually had this one lined up for a while and I was looking for like a suitable person to do it with. So Charlotte, you're that person. <laughs> I'm very opinionated on this topic. <laughs> um, so we're going to be doing should men have a curfew? Now, this is based off of a statement that was made. Charlotte, do you want to give us a bit of background on what happened? Yeah, so it was a um, it was a Green MP, and um, she said, "Should men have a curfew?" Effectively, as a statement piece, um, because it constantly feels like women's bodies are being policed by virtually everyone that speaks about them. Yeah, um, and most of the um, assaults and damages that happen within the public are from men. Um, so she said it more as a statement because virtually it is not being taken seriously enough. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the things that the government are doing to try and stop this, which I'm sure we'll speak about later on, mm. are not enough. Um, yeah, definitely not. They, they are not enough and people aren't listening. Uh, and it definitely made people listen. Um, <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a controversial topic good for this podcast then isn't it and I just want to say a disclaimer before we start obviously we're both females so we're going to be on the feminist side clearly um but we will include arguments against as well to make it fair and also there might be discussions of sexual assault um you know things that could be really triggering so if you don't find Mm -hmm. this helpful please do not give it a listen we're just talking objectively um and just how we feel about it but if it if we mention anything that could be triggering to you, please do not listen anymore. Um, Yeah. I know definitely I need a trigger warning for some of the things. Yeah. We're not going to get too deep. Like Mm. it is controversial, but we're more talking about the reaction to it as opposed to the thing that caused it. Um, But yeah, that statement um, also came, I think around the same time as the Sarah Everard case, which for those who don't know, get to know. <laughs> but if, exactly. you don't, if you don't know, I'll just give you a little bit of background. So um, Sarah Everard was a 33-year-old marketing executive who was found dead after going missing on the 3rd of March, 2021. Her body, her body, her body <laughs> was found... <laughs> Her body was found a week later in Woodland, 15 mile, 50, 50 miles away. Um, and the reason that this was so controversial, obviously, unfortunately, there is a lot of missing women who are not found and we're not discounting them at all. But this case in particular was controversial because she was killed by a uh, cop. So a British police officer. Um, was he in the Met? He was in the map, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So Wayne Cousins, Cousins, I don't know how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this sparks outcry because obviously women in times of need go to police for help. So it's obviously controversial in the fact that if we can't go to the police, then who do we go to? Hence why it was peer, so it was Green Party peer Baroness Jones' suggestion of a curfew for men and it caused 
outcry. Absolutely <laughs> outcry. But I would like to say that it, just as a starter to our arguments, I think it caused outcry amongst men, obviously. They're not mm-hmm. going to be happy about having a curfew. But I think it also, a lot of it was also from women as well, females, all those I, who identify, identify, I can't talk, <laughs> identify. <laughs> identify with femininity um or as a female um yeah it i did see a lot of uprising which we will get on to later but we're sort of just going to go for like using the statement should men have a curfew and sort of just go back and forth on that really so charlotte do you want to tell us your opinion love because i've said a lot of facts so let's get into the opinions um i mean i find it quite ironic um that there was so much uproar about should men have a curfew, but there wasn't the same reaction from men about what was happening to women. That's um, so crazy. Yeah, I didn't even. That's think that's, that that's way. not to deny the fact that men were not as supportive. You know, there were multiple men at like the vigils, both for Sarah Everard and a more recent case of Bina Nessa. Um, but the majority of outcry was from women after mm. that case, and there was a lot of women as well. Uh, after what the Baroness said regarding men staying at home. And I just find it really ironic that it's such an issue being asked to stay at home, but it's not an issue when you're asked, like when women are policed for their bodies and saying, you know, Mm. you can't go out after a certain time, you know, make sure you're always with a friend, call people. And even after the, because he pretended to be a plainclothed officer, the whole thing of... Um, you know, you can call the police if you don't believe someone that's coming up to you. I mean, it, it's just insane how much this is all things that women have to do. Yeah, on an if, everyday basis. Yeah. As if it's something that women are asking for. Like, this is <laughs> not this is not a situation that any woman would want to be in. Yeah. But we are in it at the hands of other people. Unfortunately um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's like the... Yeah, I think you're right on that aspect that it is very much a reality for us. Like, as sad as mm-hmm. it is, when I heard the case, and I, Charlotte and I were actually discussing this, we both listened to a murder podcast beforehand, and this sort of case is not unusual to us, and that's really scary. It's mm-hmm. really scary that it is a normality in society now that women, you know, are drugged or assaulted or raped or gone missing and abducted, things like that. It's just crazy, and like you say, it's just a normality for us to you know hold our keys between our knuckles when we go on a late night walk or if we're going home make sure we have the provisions put in place already it's crazy and like you know speaking to like my even my boyfriend and just other male friends I don't think I think they understand some of it like they understand you know covering your drinks and I I suppose that Mm -hmm. could apply for anyone and that's a massive case right now as well yeah um, very topical yeah we can get you're going to yeah we will cover it yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um but yeah it's just I think it's really crazy like you say that men are so in uproar about it when they don't understand the million of millions of steps that we have to take just in our everyday lives not even something as drastic as a curfew but just to maintain our safety it's just millions of little things which I suppose are supposedly massive undertaking of having a curfew on men Mm -hmm. basically and when I was actually looking into this topic um I mean a lot of what uh, the Baroness said was sparked around the recent survey that had come out at the time mm. that 97% of 16 to 24 year old women um, had been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed. Yeah, the statistics uh, are terrifying. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's not to say that there is not statistics on male sexual harassment and assault. Oh, of course um, not. We're not minimizing yeah. that at all. This yeah, just yeah, specifically course, is talking about this case so yeah yeah so um that that was another one of the main things is there were so many surveys and one of the most disgusting things I found was I think it was Amnesty did a um did a survey and they found that a third of people found that women who flirted were partially responsible for (gasps) being raped is Mm -hmm. that a joke is that a it, fucking it, joke? I'll say fucking. I think that was in podcast. 2011 as well, and I think that the statistics would be much higher of people that think that because it's such a big 
situation right now. Mm. I mean, the people that murdered Sarah Everard and Sabina Nessa mm. weren't known by them. No. Um, it's, yeah, it's just disgusting. It's it infuriating. Disgusting. And that's a lot of victim blaming recently mm-hmm. and in the Sarah Everard case, even with the spikings and stuff like that, it's a lot, a lot of victim blaming. And it just kind of takes me back. I watched... Um, I highly recommend it's called The Ripper on Netflix about the Yorkshire Ripper um, and who was also going around killing female prostitutes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, sorry, not prostitutes. We should say sex workers nowadays. Yeah. Um, but it was at the time they tried to put a curfew on women. <laughs> so looking in history, they tried to put a curfew on women and say, look, it is not safe for you to go be going out. And to be fair, there's a serial killer on the loose at that time. I can completely understand that. But women stood up in solidarity and went out anyways because they weren't having no man tell them that they had to stay inside. Do you know what I mean? And some would say that's reckless in the case of obviously a serial killer being on the loose, known to be targeting females and sex workers of that nature as well. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, yeah, it's it's just our nature. It's it's not fun to be oppressed in simple terms. It's not fun to be told you can't do something like with the with the recent spike in cases. So we'll talk about that a little bit now. It uh, started off in Nottingham University, I want to say. Yes, well, it's, it's all over the place, to be fair. The first place I saw so. it about was, um, I mean, obviously at my university, um, I've always had stories about certain clubs, you know, there's always mm. a risk of certain Yeah, I've seen like posts on your stories and stuff about being safe at night and the same here yeah. in Hertfordshire. So I studied at Uni of Hearts and we literally had, I think it was, now don't quote me on this, but I think it was over double figures basically in a week for Freshers Week of people, of girls who had been spiked. Um, and it's, it's just crazy that now it has to come across our mind of not going out in the fact that we don't want to be spiked which is crazy we should be we should be able to go out and I think that's going back to what I said about victim blaming it's just like in the Sarah Everard case specifically and you'll talk more on this but some of the police officers who like to offer up their words of advice some even went to victim blaming of saying like why was she out that late at night because I think it was like after 9 p.m I think yeah Um, past nine yeah so why are you out that late the types of clothes she was wearing why was she alone etc etc and it's like we shouldn't have to question that like if it were a male that would have not been questioned like why are they wearing Mm. that why are they out that time of night because it's a basic human right that you should be allowed to wear what you want and go out at night and not be sexualized or harassed or anything like that I also saw a lot of people um going to the argument of why was she out during COVID restrictions, which I'm just like, a woman has been murdered. Murdered, and you care about thing, COVID, yeah. Why and that is was... the first thing you go to, to yeah. saying why she shouldn't have been here, or she shouldn't have done this? Why did he make the decision to go and rent a car, to go mm. and kidnap someone, to go and falsely pretend to be a... Uh, on duty I mean yeah. I have so much more to say about him himself but yeah. I, d- I don't even want to give the satisfaction of saying his name no, it's, honestly it's so real. infuriating and I think yeah it's just it's absolutely crazy the whole Covid restrictions bit um obviously afterwards people wanted to uh, there were vigils for her and yeah. then that all got shut down and the police were very frowned on for that because they said, oh, it breaks COVID restrictions, which, yes, I understand to some degree, you know, we do have to be careful about that, etc. But people are in mourning. And the reason it's so sad is even if you don't know her, it's a universal feeling for women. It's mm-hmm. like when a baby dies or a, or even a dog, it's, it's, yeah. it's something that is so wholesome and innocent and should never have happened and it's a it's it makes you question why the world is the way it is that it made of course every female feel a bit of solidarity with her about how awful this case is and how unfortunately in this situation the man was to blame and yeah it just the fact that the police even thought to stop the vigils was just crazy to me. I was like, surely, mm-hmm. come on, where is your heart? Like, I know you've yeah. got to police, but at the same time, 
have a little bit of respect. Do you know what I mean? It's almost disrespectful to pull the people away from the vigil. And it was so... Um, I mean, initially, if you saw the photos from the start of the vigil, there were people, you know, standing a distance apart, just holding flowers or a tea like mm. candle. These were not things that were crazy. They were not throwing parties yeah. or having a festival. They're not burning the street down. They're not they all gathering less... together maskless. Do you know what I mean? They, like... they did less for anti-mask protests than they, mm. um, like they did so much more for the vigils of yeah. Sabina Nessa and Sarah Everard than they did for these cases. And I just find it so absurd come to mind. Yeah, they don't I mean, understand. if you saw some of the videos of the police like physically dragging some of the oh, women that were at the vigil. But that's the thing. I think also we just need to, you know, make it clear that Sarah Everard's case is not the only case. There are millions mm-hmm. of cases out there. And it. Uh, we have said this, but I just... I think the reason why we're talking about it so much is obviously it was sort of the spark that created the men should have a curfew statement, but we Mm -hmm. don't want to be ignorant of the fact that there are other cases. And obviously for the men's side of things, there is obviously male sexual assault and harassment is equally, but we're just saying in this case, it is bigger for females right now. Unfortunately, that's the unreal reality of this world. Another um, sad reality of that is the difference in projection in the news that Sabina Nessa got compared to Sarah Everard. Um, As a woman of colour, she didn't get the same amount of um, news reports and things like that. Yeah, I have to say, like, unfortunately, I just did not know. I don't know as much about that case as I do about the Sarah Everard case, which is depressing. Like, that is really sad. And I think that's, that's a, that's, due to the fact that there is not as much um there was not as much coverage and obviously mm. i understand that there was so much coverage for the sarah Avrar case because it was a um police it's officer, officer that did yeah. it. but even before they arrested him there was still so much coverage for it yeah um and obviously i know about the spina nessa case um because i keep up to date on a lot of these situations um, but she was also killed by a man that she didn't know. And she was on a five minute walk from her oh, house. Yes, from the pubs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from the yeah, house so to the pub. Yeah, I saw the yeah. diagram of and how far it was. Literally, five minute, a five minute walk. You can't even. You can't go, go why were you out? Five, yeah. You can't go on a five minute walk without this threat. Yeah. Um, she was a 28 year old teacher. I mean, it's just, it just makes me feel ill mm. that. You know, somewhere so close. She probably had done that walk thousands and thousands of times. Yeah, I think it said that in the article. Every single time you leave your house, you have to be vigilant of these sorts of things. On odd edge. I think that's what really hit home for me is that that could happen to me. Like, I'm not immune. Neither are you. Neither is any female in this world. No matter your age, your race, whatever. There's There's no pick me about it. There's no one person that can avoid it all like it could happen to any female and that is just because of you know our bodies which is just crazy like it's just crazy I mean, to I think. mean it can it can happen to anyone and I mean that's such a big debate within um sort of debates about this is you know there's always a discussion on oh well where were they what were they drinking what were they wearing but if you saw the footage, the CCTV footage of Sarah Everard leaving her like house. perfectly normal, yeah. She was wearing a mask, a hat, you know, dressed up for cold weather just mm. to walk home from her friend's house. You know, these sorts of things do not matter. The only thing that matters is the person who chose to do that thing. Yeah. What someone was wearing. Like, why is your first instinct to go to what the victim had done? Yeah. Or put themselves Blame in them. position? yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what really infuriated me so afterwards which I know you want to talk a little bit more about the response to like how she was wearing and then the police's advice of what you should do in order to counteract that women should be more streetwise yeah and like women should flag down a bus sorry what sorry I didn't know there was a bus in every part of this country even in the middle of the country do you know what I mean that's one of the main things I want to talk about you said obviously across the country I currently live in Cornwall and I'm just as scared yeah. as someone in London they put all these new tactics and things in place the government uh, I actually wrote it down 
uh, following the Sarah Everard case, the government promised to double um, the streetwise case in London. They plan to put 650 more officers in London. Yes, yeah. these cases were documented and put nationwide in London, but mm. these things happen everywhere. Everywhere. Around just the world, not even right just now, in the in, UK. Of course, in the West, we're relatively, you know, we can only necessarily speak from a West perspective because this is the life we live. But if you were to do a case on anywhere else in the world, it, you know, these things would be just the same. Um, this always happens. And I'm sorry, but putting a couple more streetlights on a That's road. That's going to do or, nothing. Yeah. And one of the most infuriating things for me in this is saying that they were going to put more plain clothes police officers on the street to keep an eye on things. This sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Wayne Cousins pretended to be, to be a plain, yeah, and a plain clothes police officer. That is one of the things that made me feel most sick. Was in a time when people do not trust the police as it is, why would you think that putting a plain clothes police officer mm. following that case would be the best decision? I even this morning I was discussing with my uh, professor in journalism and we were talking about recent news stories and he said about this case that apparently um, now if male officers want to approach a female, they have to video call a female colleague. Now, sorry, what is video calling a female colleague going to do to help me? If I feel threatened by a man standing physically in front of me who could easily, you know, take, you know, take me away hurt me etc how is video calling a female and ha holding the screen up to me gonna make me feel safer another thing with that is so many cases in the past of serial killers a lot of them had female counterparts yeah uh, myra hindley was someone who supported her husband yeah and it's crazy they it? used women or their partners to law younger people in I mean th that's not going to make me feel any safer no. potentially because I am someone who looks into serial killer things like, yeah I mean we don't I help know, ourselves yeah. yes I know that women are used as a luring technique mm. but I think it needs to be made known that there are so many tactics that people use in order to get people I saw a TikTok the other day um about I think I sent it to you I potentially might have sent it to you oh sorry i don't um, check my team <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about um people had put a bin in the road so when someone drove up to it they couldn't like move in the move road around, and yeah. out of the car to move the bin she heard rustling as <gasps> in someone could potentially Coming, obviously yeah. not to you know it's all speculation mm. none of this has been you know but that is the threat that we have and mm. then it's like get a taxi if you're traveling somewhere the amount of cases there are there about are taxi women. drivers yeah uber drivers stuff like that and it's exactly. crazy i just want to go more on i want to actually take back my statement of saying we don't help ourselves because the reason i listen to those podcasts i mean it's interesting for one and second of all it's a form of education which is what i'd like to discuss for against should men have a curfew because i just want to make explicitly clear now I do not agree with the curfew. I understand it is completely unrealistic. You can't infringe on men's rights that way. Although men's, uh, sorry, females' rights are infringed on all the time, but we won't go into that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, I completely understand it's completely unrealistic and you cannot do that. And I also, the main point I want to make, I don't think it would make a solution. Um, I, just In a way, I genuinely think it would make things worse. Yeah. If men were to have a curfew because within the pandemic i think it was like 33 there was a 33 percent rise in domestic violence within the home because yeah being stuck at home. home yeah if there were to have a curfew on men not necessarily just men obviously i would just like to say anyone could be in a domestic abusive relationship of course. but there was a 33 percent rise and a 61 percent rise in calls to domestic helplines if there was were to curfews the rise in domestic abuse would increase just as much. I mean, yeah. women who are murdered are more likely to be murdered by their partner mm. or someone they know than they are by a stranger. So Which I don't think a curfew would solve anything. Yeah, and I think, as you say, if anything, when telling someone no, it's just going to make them want to do it more. If you tell... You can't tell a, a sociopath or a psychopath no. They don't... 
they don't follow normal rules murderers don't follow normal rules if you tell them no they're only going to want to do it more it's a it's a fun treat for them it is something they get pleasure off of the the more you make it bad the more they want to do it it's not going to stop them at all so i, would I mean like that's to... the main reason that a lot of people do these things in the first place that's how they get a kick out of things yeah because they know that people don't want it they couldn't care less for the rules the rules are not to kill people but they're not they're not going to listen to that <laughs> when exactly. cousins didn't listen to that so yeah i just wanted to say like an against the specific part of the question should men have a curfew against that i think education is a better solution and Mark Drakeford, Drakeford sorry the Welsh first minister described the idea of a male curfew as a sad distraction when what's needed is a proper discussion about women's safety or why a woman is killed every three days by a man in the UK now we read I, the same article <laughs> we did read the same article but it's a very good article sorry mm-hmm. I do want to give credit to that article I did write down the article somewhere because I don't want to I believe like that's where still... I saw Oh, that's yes. the Amnesty International survey as well. So it was on The Guardian, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Awa Madawi, so it's spelled M-A-H-D-A-W-I. It was basically about how women are already putting curfews on their own bodies in response to the should men have a curfew question. But yeah, the the education, I really want to talk on that because I think that is so important. Like I said, we listen to those podcasts because they're a form of education, and I think... Every time I tell a male friend about this, I, they're shocked. They are mm-hmm. horrified that these happened. Where, and I just want to say, I think a lot of women blame themselves as well in that, yeah. oh, I shouldn't have been doing that. And, oh, my thing is not as bad as that. Like, obviously, the worst situation is being murdered, obviously. But there are things traumatizing things that can still happen to you I mean even my friends last night they went out to a club and some creep was touching them up or even just a man making you feel uncomfortable in any way is still something you can feel bad about like you don't have to compare yourself to others it's still traumatizing to you and it still affects you and it's still not okay that that man did that to you um and I think a form of education is needed you know it's always like tell your sons how to look after a lady and be a gentleman to a lady more than that tell your sons how to keep your their girlfriends or their sisters or their female friends safe how to protect them bringing up discussions within their male dominated friendship groups because i don't think it's said enough within friendship groups you know there's always this thing of locker room banter all of those sorts of things. And I'm not mm. saying, you know, sense yourself. Like, I know everyone makes jokes about everything. Yeah. That's just how people are. But if your friend is, if you are friends with someone and they are doing something that you don't agree with, call them out on it. There is yeah. no shame in calling a friend out because what they are doing is predatory. Yeah. <laughs> that would save so, so many people because a lot of the times it will come to this and someone will have been spiked or inappropriately inappropriately touched by someone and then the initial thing that their friends go to is jump straight to they wouldn't do that they're not yeah. like that oh yeah how protection do you know? yeah how do you know exactly and I think why is it always a victim blaming yeah like you said I think there should definitely be more education within the male-dominated groups of pulling your friend up on something going that's not okay because a lot of these people who end up doing these things are normally isolated they don't have any friends they don't have any family and there was no one there to help them when they were thinking these dark thoughts. And obviously that could also lead to, you know, mental health. And we need to put more provisions in on helping people like that and identifying it straight away when you start to see signs of it. But as a friend as well, like you said, just keep them in check and also educate them. Say, look, um, you know, my friend's going to be on her own. Make sure to walk her home. Make sure to book her a taxi, you know um when we say hold our drink protect it like your life depends on it do you know what I mean and you know educating them on things that even trivial well not trivial things sorry that's minimizing it even small things I know there's the saying of not all men and that is so 100% true that is so but why is that the first thing that you go to yeah I can't emphasize more that it is not all men, obviously, but unfortunately it is the majority of men. And the fact that we have to feel wary as a, a, over a trivial thing, over DMs of, 
someone calling us beautiful that should be a compliment that should be something mm. we feel happy about but we don't I don't know about you but when I get a compliment f- from a random stranger I don't feel okay I feel uneasy I feel like I should have my guard up and almost block yeah. them immediately pretty much I mean I have a boyfriend as well so that's a majority <laughs> reason as to why I block them but I think that is the case with a lot of women the first thing they go to is could this be a bad situation and mm. then people are like I didn't say anything deep you know nothing I said has put oh, you are you deep in it, bro? Yeah, all that. Yeah, lot. yeah, exactly. And it's like because you haven't lived in a situation where you feel like you are at risk. Mm. If you, I mean, going off of the news report that I spoke about earlier, the fact that um, I'm not actually sure if I mentioned it or not. That I think I did about the third of a third of people in a survey thought that yeah, flirting did, with yeah. someone could contribute to them being raped. I mean. It's like every single thing you do, whether it's speaking to someone, whether it's being nice to someone, I mean, what are you meant to do? Because if you ignore someone, Mm. then they get angry and there's a threat of them getting angry. If you're nice to someone, then you're being overly nice and you're contributing to your own downfall. I mean, like, what is that? What is that? Mm. I just want to see, like, obviously the locker room banter, I understand. I mean, we even make jokes about it sometimes as females. And some some really far gone feminists would say that's, you know, detrimental and that's gonna affect our entire history, all the all the lengths that we've come to get female, you know, standing in society. I don't I don't see it that way. To be honest, my standing as a as a feminist is obviously support female rights, but not take it so far as in that we can't make the occasional joke and I know some people would say well if you're making a joke then you're just as likely you're contributing to it you're not solving the cause etc I think more a reflection now is not on us but on men to you know sort themselves out in a likely term sort yourself out I mean one of the biggest situations that this is a massive topic that I would like to go on to yeah go for it is the Met Police Oh, let's go. I'm ready. I'm getting comfy. Hang on, guys. All my blanket around me. (laughs) This is a situation that I feel so strongly about. Yeah. Um, One of the biggest things, just going off of the topic that we were speaking up before, Sarah Everard, the man who killed her had been accused of indecent exposure prior to what he had done. This man was still a serving police officer. I didn't actually know that. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2015, he was accused of it. And just, I don't know, obviously, this is just from an article that I read. Two days before the incident with Miss Everard, he had been excused of, uh, he had been accused of two other cases of indecent exposure. This is a serving police officer. I mean, apparently, his colleagues nicknamed him the rapist. This man was supposed to protect and serve those colleagues felt well bad afterwards (laughs) (laughs) and i should laugh but jesus no but this is what i mean i mean this this is a situation this man was still in service when this stuff happened shouldn't have been allowed he had been accused of indecent exposure there are so many cases what was it it was 750 allegations of sexual misconduct I think over an 11 year span and only 83 of those people were sacked many people I was watching a um tv program um of obviously it was a fictional program I believe Mm. um I don't remember what it was called it had um I mean actors and actresses are beside the point but (laughs) at the start in the first episode of this uh program he was speaking, he was part of the police force and he was speaking to someone else who had been in the police force and um, he had retired from the police force right. or um, resigned from the police force mm-hmm. like when this was going on, I think to remove the fact that if someone was convicted, they wouldn't be put down as a serving police officer. They had been someone who had already resigned. These accusations are so serious. I don't mm. think the police are taking it serious enough the man yeah. who literally murdered Sarah Everard was accused of indecent exposure. Mm. Why are people not taking indecent exposure think, more serious? Yeah, I think these people are meant to protect and serve this country and make us as women feel safe in this scenario that we're talking about. How are we supposed to feel safe if they are the predator themselves? Do you know what I mean? Like, and again, it's not one size fits all. Of course, there are amazing 
amazing policemen and police women who protect our country every day and I just like to give a little props to them because I, mm. I really appreciate them um, I mean the majority of police officers are serving to protect mm. the people but how are you as a member of the public meant to know that yeah you, know, you can't the tell there's no screening yeah suggestions from the Met Police to you know call the police and then ask whether the plainclothes officer if someone wanted to put harm on you mm. they would do it yeah they're not gonna wait of... if you exactly. went, excuse me sorry I've got to make a phone call to your superiors they're not gonna be like oh yeah you do that honey because they know they're not real so of course they're exactly. just gonna attack you straight away and putting more plainclothes officers on the streets in order to counteract this I mean, I just find that so ironic, putting plainclothes officers yeah. after a case where a supposed plainclothes officer murdered someone. And I'd like, to, yeah, it's really infuriating when men make laws on things that apply to women and are on women's experiences. Like the whole thing a while back of like the luxury tax on tampons and sanitary products. It's that sort of thing again. And obviously this is way more serious. I appreciate there probably are female officers that are contributing, but not enough. And they're not listening to public outcry as much as they should be. I'm sure there were millions of petitions that came out after the Sarah Everard case. Um, and I just think they're just not taking on. And it's like, do they even hear themselves when they say some of the things like putting plain clothes, police officers on the it's like in you know in modern family where phil always says things out loud that are like really sexual and he can't mm. hear it and claire goes listen to yourself listen to yourself yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that listen to what you've just said how is that making women feel safe put yourself in a female's shoes how how would you feel walking down the street you're approached by a plainclothes police officer oh sorry let me just call your superiors and also again like we said it's not applicable everywhere like in London yeah but if you're in the middle of a countryside and someone approached you or even a place with no service okay who are you calling now which bus are you flagging down now mm -hmm. like yes you can ask them for their identity and see their badge number and stuff but, but like he said, showed he showed Sarah his mm. if you saw the video of their communication before she got into his rented car <sighs> he showed his identification because he is a police officer yeah. if a police officer wanted to do these sorts of things they have all of the things available to them to yeah they literally carry weapons a police officer. yeah they carry weapons like what's to stop them from using that do you know what i mean and i think yeah the main point we're getting at here because i think we'll just go round and round in circles is first of all there needs to be better policies to keep women safe and also more education within the police and more screening for the police as well you know maybe some tests before they do I mean I'm sure they do but some proper deep psychi psychiatric tests to make sure that you know they're fit for the job it's, it's just I mean, the same just as being... if someone accuses a police officer or something yeah take it seriously. seriously and make it also make it public as well because I feel like all these things are going on in private and obviously the police don't want to release it because it looks bad on them but I think at this point women would find it... women and also men alike would find it better if you just be honest about it say look this is a terrible allegation but the fact that we're taking it seriously and we're dealing with it shows that we don't stand for this sort of thing because by them allowing police officers to continue this way and get away with these supposedly small allegations allows for the fact that they agree with it and they're okay with it if you don't do anything to change it then you're manifesting it to happen and look they called him the bloody rapist and look what happened he murdered somebody and raped her like it's it's just disgusting how dare <laughs> like oh, i was about to say how dare you because it makes me so angry no um, but genuinely if i was stood face to face with like the crime commissioner who resigned the man who said women oh. should be more streetwise if i was face to face with him I mean, the, I, the, per <laughs> the person that I debate with most is my dad. Hmm. And if when I have debates with my dad, I get so uh, passionate about hmm. these things. Um, I am such a passionate person when speaking about things that directly affect me and that I just feel passionate about. Hmm. And I get so irate about these things because they need hmm. they need the empathy behind it because i think it's yeah at this point when like it's almost a desperate plea we're not getting violent about it we've always 
try to put a point across but no one is listening if 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 it's not going to change now it's never going to change do you know what i mean it's just going to become a thing that is normalized and it already is normalized it's already normalized in society and like um the spiking cases recently people i know are putting on their stories like we're not going females especially are not going to attend girls the club in. on these days girls night in etc stand down from going out clubbing and it just we shouldn't have to do that, but it's the sad reality that we're going to because we want to prove a point and that we haven't been heard before. And it's like, mm. you know... You feel as though your point isn't being listened to. Yeah, and it's all peaceful. We just, we just want to feel safe. It's, is that too much to ask for? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, and the people who are in charge and responsible for making you feel safe are saying women should be more streetwise yeah I mean how are you meant to take anything they say after that seriously seriously yeah we can already hear that your opinion is that women should be more streetwise mm. so why wouldn't you turn around and apologize and I understand that he's resigned now but why wouldn't you turn around and apologize and say okay we'll implement these things I still know that I mean maybe that's just because I'm an overthinker mm. but I still know your opinion on it I still know what you said yeah. so why would I think that you are you have my best interests at heart yeah if well, you are I think what we need is deep-rooted change and it's it's very difficult to do that if they can't change their mindset now like you need to be open to it and I think that's what they're not recognizing is they're just not open to the fact the possibility that this actually happens and Mm -hmm. the possibility that the things they're suggesting are not good enough they need to be more open to deep-rooted change and understanding this is the situation we're facing if we don't stop it now you know it's a massive part of the population that are going to feel unsafe and that shouldn't be happening Um, and I think it needs to be a um educational change as well like you said earlier education is so important mm. I mean being at university um so many people I have heard that you know from like all different places around the world one of the biggest things that we speak about in terms of like videos that we were shown when we were younger mm. is that I don't know whether you remember this but the unconscious people don't want tea don't give I didn't someone see tea. that no yeah oh you so basically we were all shown this video when we were younger um and it was basically outlining consent yeah um and saying you know if you ask someone if they want tea and they say no don't give them tea you're basically mm. trying like that's just a way to implement yeah consent. And all of these people that I've met that I've had conversations with about this video, they all remember this. Yeah. It's not as if, you know, they showed us this thing and we forget education could be so important mm. on topics like this mm. throughout secondary school as well, not just primary school. I think I was showing this video in primary school, mm. literally up until 16. And people may sit there and be like, oh, we don't need to be shown this. You know, we know this by now. But well, clearly you don't. don't. <laughs> yeah evidently you don't yeah because it happens every day more than people think yeah and I, I agree with you on that I feel like women's safety is only preached to women why mm-hmm. is it preached to us we shouldn't be the ones we preach it we already know it it should be preached to men it should be understood this is what they go through and just yeah just general awareness of how to yeah. make it easier like I'm lucky in that I have a great boyfriend who's always making sure I get home safe always making sure you know I've got people that I'm with and if he's with me he'll always be very protective I've even got great friends um who like when I've gone out clubbing they'll pull me out if they see me like getting uncomfortable with someone mm-hmm. they'll like make a human shield I have a friend um, yeah he's quite tall and so he just sort of blocks everyone from coming near us or he'll physically like drag us out of a crowd so I just want to say that it seems very negative and it, it, unfortunately that's just the way it's going to be unfortunately mm-hmm. but there is some light in the world in that again it's not course, all men yeah. we can't put accusations of people onto the probably I don't know if I'd say majority because we just don't have the statistics for that but probably the majority of people who are very nice and very protecting and very good for women's safety but as a structured debate because it's been a lot about emotions and obviously we're very emotional about it (laughs) um just again to go on the against side just to make it look like we're not just shouting at you how to be better (laughs) um I saw an interesting, I did look it up on, I know Reddit's not an official source, but I looked it up on Reddit and it was very interesting that if there was a male curfew in place, the economy would crash. And I think that's a very valid point because there's a lot of men who work night shifts, etc. So the curfew, I think, originally said 6pm. 
it was something yeah. crazy like that wasn't it? it was really early which first of all that's dinner time <laughs> <laughs> like can you not go out for a nando's do you know what i mean like that's that's a bit crazy but yeah again the economy will crash we're not the only ones who go out to nightclubs we're not the only one who go out to restaurants we're not the only ones who work at nighttime etc so yeah you can't yeah. can't limit men's of rights course, like the logistics that. of an actual curfew for men would not make sense obviously that there would be there would be so so many things that would not work but I think the point she was trying to make was purely that it feels as though there is always policing on women's bodies and there is always uh an expectation of what people who identify or um I mean not just women anyone anyone could be at this risk um but judging on recent cases obviously with Sarah Everard, Sabina Nessa it is more heavily focused on women mm. um or women who identify as women um and growing up there was always that risk and fear that you know when you're walking home mm. I don't think I've ever walked home without someone else or without calling someone else because yeah. I've been so scared yeah. and then when my friend my male friends leave or and stuff and I'm like oh are you sure you're okay to walk mm. home and things like that and, and they're, they're like, like yeah, yeah fine <laughs> yeah, exactly like, I, they don't yeah there's so many things I just think wow imagine if I could go for a run in the middle of the night and imagine if I could walk home from a club by myself and not need to order a taxi or not need to call someone and imagine like I used to do 4am shifts imagine I didn't have to hold a key between my knuckles because I was scared I was going to be attacked and I know some of those things are applicable to men but it's more likely to happen because I'm a female one it's also the double standards like the the massive outcry to this was because men oh you can't do that you can't do that you can't tell us mm. we can't go out etc and it's oh like my god how dare you how dare you you know trying to infringe doing... on men's rights yeah, yeah like stop me from doing what i want and it's like yeah we already do that love like <laughs> yeah we inf- we inherently infringe on our own rights because we grow up being told no we do it automatically do this, do yeah i mean i have two older brothers and i I've had multiple debates with my dad about that I feel as though I've been treated differently to them purely for being a girl. Oh yeah. And um and obviously I understand the main premise of that is because he has my best interest at heart, but I just hate that it has to be that way. Yeah. I hate that it has to be me and I think when I was younger I was a lot more naive um to the fact that when I used to have these conversations with him I'd be like you know that's just not fair, you know, they mm. get to do what they want. Um but as I've grown up, I've realised that it really is a case of they do not have that worry. They've never yeah. had that worry. But I, it's been implemented to me since I was a child that, you know, yeah. you cannot trust the people around you. I mean, it's just horrible. And a lot of the time it happens from someone that you already know. I mean, the amount of cases that are from um, husbands and husbands and, wives, and, and even... Yeah as children Mm. those who are expected to take care of you um oh it's just it it genuinely makes me feel ill that I think yeah that's why yeah the education from a young age is so important because obviously Mm -hmm. that's the time when you're most malleable it's where you take on the most knowledge and you know Mm -hmm. you set your morals of how you hold yourself in society and you become who you are as a person and I think if you can educate them from a young age this isn't okay and unfortunately this is the reality I mean we're not going to scare kids and be like women get murdered every day on the street this is what you need to do yeah sort of like oh like I, don't, I mean, I'm not a teacher. I wouldn't know the first way to implement it. And that might sound hypocritical because I'm telling you, you need to put things in place, but I don't know how to implement it. What I'm saying is just a general need for change and a general need for education. And yes. also not just ed- education of what not to do, mm. also an education of if something happens to you, this it is, is what okay you should to do. say it. Yeah, It is okay to talk. So many cases of rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment go unreported Mm. because people feel that it's not okay to talk it's embarrassing or it looks badly on them things like that and that's a massive thing as well about um men or people who identify as men um you are okay to talk as well you can Mm. talk there is a constant and that's a massive um branch of feminism is that changing things that 
are normally towards women. Yeah, recent recent like looking the study of feminism looks at genders, the construct of femininity and masculinity, and that how those can be abolished, or you can embrace femininity or masculinity in different ways. It doesn't have to be outlined to a gender. Like mm-hmm. I've always told my boyfriend, like cry if you want to cry and yeah. you feel upset about something, cry. Like you're, it's a human yeah. emotion. Why has that suddenly become a thing that you can't exactly. do anymore? <laughs> like it's just crazy. Things. Exactly. Approaching these things as much as, you know, the statistics show that it is mainly against women, Mm. approaching these situations will help a massive amount of the male population. Yeah. um, Especially in regards to talking. I'm sure that the, I mean, a statistic that I saw recently, um, it was 4.9 million percent, uh, 4.9 million women. Mm. had been this was from the office of national statistics mm. um they um they predicted that 4.9 million ha- of women had been sexually assaulted or raped but and it was just under a million for men yeah um not just rape sexual assault sexual harassment mm. but i think the number would be so much higher but there is such stigmatism around yeah uh, men speaking out that the percentage is probably a lot higher but because of this um social norm that Mm. men don't talk or men don't cry yeah um well it's like take murder for example no matter your gender you can feel awful about that and feel sad about it and almost and things that have touched you you know (laughs) i should not say things that have touched you that's a poor choice of words (laughs) poor choice of words i'm leaving that in just because oh my god God. um but yeah it's a shared experience if it's something you can sympathize with then surely you should be able to conversate about it more so unfortunately if men have felt have been sorry through experiences that are bad and have been sexually harassed or raped or something like that you now can understand how it feels to you know for women to have to police themselves and about the safety of yourself more likely to be murdered and the homicide rates men are murdered more than women yeah it's just that we are murdered um because of our bodies yeah in a a different sense you know a lot of crime on men is male on male um Mm. revenge killings isn't it yeah 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 Uh, or just like gang violence and things like that you know it the high majority is that men are killed more than women mm. it's just that it's done in a more malicious sense when it's against a woman yeah, it's a sexual and it's sexual yeah sexual intent yeah it's been sexualized but what i was trying to get at is that if you both have felt instances where you don't feel safe then this should encourage discussions about how to increase mm-hmm. safety for everybody not just females but specifically females in the context of you know feeling sexually unsafe and yeah. not being able to do things etc etc and just removing that stigma with, um, <laughs> and another thing with um cctv there isn't cctv in the place where women are murdered in the five minute walk that sabina nessa took to a bar yeah. but god forbid you go in a yellow box <laughs> on a roundabout yeah. there is always going to be cctv <laughs> to make sure that you don't do that you are on the double yellow lines. That's it. You're done exactly. for. <laughs> exactly. There will always be CCTV in a place where it economically matters. Mm. But apparently people being murdered in a poorly lit, uh, unpopulated park, mm. Mm, that doesn't matter as much because you can't get tax and you can't get mm. fines oh, out Oh, yeah. That. Talking of economic, like... Um motivation as such just on the I know we've already touched on it but the spiking case it was like obviously then a petition started of uh that people should be thoroughly searched before they come Mm in uh to a club and that obviously requires you know metal detectors and things like that which economically the the clubs and stuff are not gonna gonna want to invest in because that's just extra effort and it's extra money that they don't want to spend and stuff like that and it's like yeah but if you don't economically invest in that then females just aren't mm. going to come to you come to your clubs anymore like i yeah, reckon exactly. a club that did that and you know there was that kickstarter a while about which i just thought was ingenious of that nail polish that you can it changes color if your drink has been spiked so you dip your nail in and you twirl it and if it turns oh, wow. it's like black nail polish and then yeah it was a it was a GoFundMe at one point i don't know if it's still going but if it is it's amazing and like even the policies of like you know you can but that's on- what i mean that, that's one of those things where it's like 
you have to invest in that sort of thing mm. we're having to buy the things yeah, for our safety but even, yeah yeah but even like on the back of you know bar toilets it says order this ask for angela or mm. order this certain drink if you don't feel safe and i think it's in, yeah i don't know if it's in the men's toilets as well but it should be because mm. if anyone feels unsafe on a date or any yeah. meeting you should be able to call someone it's the economically minded thing i think that's really vindictive as well i feel yeah attacked by that in that what these bars again like the police not doing proper screenings and allowing people to stay it's almost as bad as the bars not doing something about it to then help women feel more safe when they go to those bars because i think those bars would be fucking popular if they put in if they put in all these provisions and like made women feel safe and And it would actually make women trust the or just people in general make them trust the government or yeah. the police feel like we're being because, listened to yeah exactly because right now just throwing money at people and saying we'll implement some more street lights mm. that's not i mean if you hear the backlash people do not think they are being listened mm. to yeah so doing more things and nationwide not just focusing on london although two of the biggest cases in the past year have been in london mm. this stuff happens everywhere it's just yeah. not public and implement these things nationwide yeah and I think again like the psychology of it as well if you if you put these things in place psychology it could reverse how we feel as well like we could start Mm. feeling like we can go out more and we can wear what we want and it not be you know sexualized and we can feel trust and safety again when going out and that would be really good for everybody I mean obviously just for women themselves to feel empowered again but also for the economy it boosts because we go out more it feel better for everybody like we can go out with men and they also because i know there's there's like those memes on tiktoks isn't it where like a man's like walking behind a female at night and he feels guilty because he doesn't want to make the female yeah. feel like he's following her and stuff like that just like make it feel normal again do you know what i mean and um yeah another point i wanted to make was the just whole... going off that quickly i do yeah, feel like it. there is so much more there is so much more backlash when it's to do with something that could maybe infringe on men. Mm. Um, obviously, the topic of the curfew, but even things like, oh, why why do I have to um, walk four steps behind or cross the road because of a woman? Like, you know, yeah. it's not me that's doing it. It's not all men. Yeah. But we are the ones that are having to do all, put in all these measures mm. in place. You could do one small thing to help us feel safer. Exactly. It is really not a big ask to not get too close to someone and make them uncomfortable. Yeah, because, I mean, it's personal space anyway, dude. Like, <laughs> Exactly. It's a situation I don't wanna, for everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there was a really great, for the not all men thing, there was a um, really good analysis. I was actually on TikTok, which I know is not the greatest sorts to quote, but it was a girl speaking about uh, the not all men theory as a gun that has six chambers but has a bullet in it. And it's like, not every time you pull that lever, there will be a bullet, but there is a possibility that there's a bullet in there that could end your life. Would you pull it? Probably not, because you don't want to take mm-hmm. the chance. And it's the same with us. It's like, we're not going to take the chance just in case you are that man and you are the one could end, who could end our lives. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's the same and I think the there is so much education that needs to be done to men on mm. why women feel uncomfortable and why they don't speak out because I have had so many conversations with men in the past and they're like yeah but if you're in a comfortable situation why not just leave why not just sometimes say no? it's not that easy yeah not sometimes it's not just that easy sometimes you genuinely fear that saying no will have a worse consequence yeah, fear for your life, sometimes yeah. turning people down and things like that could have a worse consequence yeah then yeah, like I had an experience, I have a very relevant experience to that actually. I was in uh, the snug in St. Albans again, if I don't know if we're allowed to name drop, but I'm not popular, so it's fine. Um, and I was with my friend Macy, shout out to her, we love her. Um, love it was her too. birthday, we do love Macy. Um, <laughs> we were, yeah, we were out for her birthday drink, she was quite gone, I decided to be the more sober one of the group. Again, that's the thing that we have to normalise, is having someone sober mm. just in case something happens. Anywho, uh, we're sitting at this table and this guy come over and he's he's going, oh, I don't know, he's, he's clearly very gone. And at first I was like, okay, he's harmless, he's just drunk, whatever. Mm. Um, and then he starts going, give me my number, not like me, 
me he was like give me my number and I was like I don't know your number he was mm. like that's my phone because I was holding my phone he was like that's my phone and I was like no it's not like I could show yeah. you there's a home screen of me and my boyfriend it's definitely my yeah. phone he's going no that's my phone give me my number I was like I'm not giving you your number first of all I don't mm. know it. and second of all I don't want to so then obviously I started getting agitated and I was like please get off our table like look this ain't fun anymore please get off our table and he's getting mm. really fucking heated like obviously the alcohol has effect of that as well but yeah clearly he'd been like my um and I'm not just saying this Macy had seen him get rejected by like two other girls before he'd come over mm. to our table so clearly it's like small man complex as well um <laughs> <laughs> sorry if you can't hack that but this is a controversial podcast so you're gonna hear my opinion um <laughs> so yeah so just acting really aggressive for no apparent reason so I then got up I was wearing quite quite tall heels at the time stood up slammed my hands on the table to get the fuck off my table we don't want you here and he got so in my face about it so aggressive and like literally to the point where I almost feared that he was going to swing at me or do yeah. something and As luckily asking someone to leave your table yeah I mean okay yeah issue. yeah okay it was an aggressive tone maybe I shouldn't have gone that far but you know what I felt he was like getting I aggressive was to you yeah <laughs> I was felt like I was threatened so I'm going to react the same way you know act for dominance why <laughs> yeah why is it okay for him to be aggressive and argumentative to you but the minute mm. that you ask him to leave your Suddenly table it's not okay within your rights to do yeah Luckily, yeah, luckily we were by the door and the security guys pulled him away. But then it became a thing of like, okay, well, now I don't want to leave out that exit because what if I walk past and he swings Mm. by? And that's, I I just wanted to relate that to the point of sometimes saying no or trying to get out of the situation actually makes it worse, which is also something we need to educate men about. Um, Mm. The last, well, it doesn't have to be the last point, but the, obviously the outcry to the no curfew was about impeaching on men's rights but just taking it out of a context of like like sexual safety etc like women's safety our bodies are policed in different ways as well like um (laughs) recently some abortion laws have been illegal (laughs) sorry made legal in wait no I'm saying that wrong so abortion is illegal illegal. yeah it's been made illegal period yeah yeah in some places and that in itself is the policing of our bodies without our consent and that's without our consent not saying that the men would consent to the curfew but that's been taken away from us we don't we don't have the right to that and and I think that can probably be a podcast oh that could be a podcast in itself, itself. Yeah. <laughs> um anyone want to do that anyone want to yeah. do that hit me up because i will i'd be happy to do that <laughs> after Charlotte, my university <laughs> my university has created a society the pro-life society i'm not sure if you saw that it was no. everywhere no. it was absolutely everywhere it was on national news as well because exeter had a pro-life society oh, and it's just like oh let's not go there because we'll, we'll get too angry by that but yeah it's, it's just the concept of there are literal laws in place that already police our bodies without our consent and you are kicking off over the sad fact that you might have to have a curfew because some of you can't control your actions and con- can't control the way you get around my body like even the thing is dress codes you know I went to an all-girls school and it was like at one point we had thigh-high socks at one point as part of our like school uniform and eventually they had to be taken away because public was saying they're too sexualized and stuff like that and yeah okay thigh highs are considered to be like lingerie most of the time but again why are you sexualizing kids like that (laughs) fact that you're looking at a year seven around thigh highs and the first thing your mind goes to is that's sexual yeah exactly and like things like that is like it's just already put in place that we can't do anything about and that's one of the biggest points I think comes from today is like things that are already institutionalized in society need to change and I think the main point we're making is that education is the thing to change that Mm -hmm. not a curfew curfew would be ridiculous it wouldn't solve anything (laughs) yeah if we said it would only make it worse it's already had a positive impact on certain cases yeah it could just improve from that and I know it's a sad fact that we even have to ask for this education to be put in place or and that right now that feels like the only method as well which is sad because obviously education is a process it takes time it's not Mm. immediate um yes obviously 
opens up the world to great possibilities and maybe would lead to, you know, legislative acts that would help women's safety more. But I mean, it's going to take time. Real, they put something in place where it was like they um, they took away a certain thing in education where you couldn't criticise um, the government or something along those lines. I may be waffling there, but I'm pretty sure a legislation was put in place where like you couldn't um, criticise. I'm just. There was a point like that in Peru. I was actually talking to some female classmates of mine who apparently their prime minister said that uh, females should not speak up about abuse cases because it might reflect badly on their family and their husband. And then he won a prize for female rights and like promoting femininity. So, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a sorry reality. I know it's a podcast and you can't <laughs> see my face but Charlotte's but my... just dropped <laughs> yeah I just I just found it um it was during 2020 schools in England told not to use material from anti-capitalist groups Bloody so man. you can put things that because it's about what you believe in mm. schools can't use that and are told not to use that but when it's about educating something as big a topic as this yeah I think you should. That's what I think. That's why you and me probably both really enjoy studying politics and international relations because you're literally critiquing the government all day long and like critiquing, <laughs> critiquing police out and you know institutional organisations around the world and how they get things wrong. And yeah, it's yeah, it's it's depressing. <laughs> it's a long. Fact it is. Me. It is. It's it's a very very sad. And morbid topic but mm. it needs to be normalized as something that needs to be spoken about because yeah. it's such a pressing issue it always has been yeah. and I think in certain cases it always will be but certain situations and certain circumstances can be reduced to avoid it getting to that place yeah, for now for now that is what we can hope to achieve obviously mm. we'd hope for more in the future but for now we hope that education will make a difference I suppose you know what Mm -hmm. sorry you know what I'm thinking of in terms of men being educated have you watched Fleabag yeah love that show guys recommendation right now podcast recommendation if you haven't watched Fleabag please watch it because it's so funny generally so incredible so funny literally piss yourself with laughter anywho there's a scene (laughs) where her sister the main character and her sister go to like a silent retreat but next to it she like wanders through the garden is a men's retreat and it's like teaching them how to not be rude to women and it's like them shouting at a doll going you fucking bitch and you slag and you they basically go to that retreat to make sure that they don't yeah. do it their wife yeah they're like these blow up like sex dolls of like how to treat women (laughs) And I'm not saying the education should be that. But yeah, honestly, yeah, it's not so at all. Funny. It's a very funny example, and it's like like the therapists are like now apologize to her and say <laughs> why it was bad that you called her a slag. <laughs> it's just a yeah, yeah, just a bit of light hearted. Yeah. yeah, maybe that could that could be the ending because it's been so yeah. depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it's I a feel very, like very depressing so we topic. both listened to my favorite murder which is a great podcast also please give that a listen men and female alike but at the end they do this thing called fucking hooray because it's so, they're talking about murder and it's so depressing I feel like that was our fucking hooray because yeah Jesus. um but yeah so that has been this week's podcast with my lovely friend Charlotte um doing thank you for having me of course and you'll definitely be back again maybe for that abortion rights one that would be very good. So that's something, something maybe you very guys... controversial if it's going to be me. <laughs> something you guys can look forward to in the future. But yeah, that's been should men have a curfew? Should men have a curfew? Yeah, is that the question? Yeah, should men have a curfew? <laughs> that, you can't even remember at this point. I'm just too depressed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Charlotte, for being on here. And we shall see you next week, hopefully with something a little bit lighter. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) bye. Bye.